0: Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Inside the Game. I'm your host, Chris Riley. Today, we're joined by a good buddy of mine, Jim Dowd. Jim had a 17 year NHL career, won a Stanley Cup, and is uh, now currently coaching youth hockey here in New Jersey. Jim, how are you? Welcome to the show. Good. Thanks for having me. All right, uh, let's go back to when you were playing hockey here in New Jersey and uh, talk about your time at uh, Brick High School and what you learned uh, from Coach Oriema and how you have applied that as you move forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Brick, New Jersey, and uh, that was back in the day. I mean, I'm 51 years old, and back then there might have been maybe 10 to 12 rinks in all of New Jersey, but for some reason we had two rinks for a span about, of a span about seven to eight years, and everyone played hockey in Brick uh and it was a feeder program the brick hockey club was a feeder program for the high school so back then it was like our pros to us were the high school guys we used to go to the high school games and you grew up in brick you just wanted to be a green dragon that was before they had brick and brick memorial and uh you know because we had no pro team the devils didn't move here until i was 13 um and it was great you know everybody played hockey i mean it was awesome back then in september tryouts weren't until till, till september and you know uh Hockey's always been the most expensive sport. Back then, it's nothing like it is now, but it was still the most expensive sport. And a funny sort of story is that everybody used to bring their old equipment back to tryouts. And, you know, if I needed, you know, somebody else's elbow pads or gloves, or something we used to share, you know, and that's how people got through it back then. But it was great. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know this. The legendary football coach Warren Wolf is the one who started the program in Brick. You know, he's a huge hockey guy. And then Mr. Oriyama him were best friends. And then he took it over the high school team in 62, Mr. Oriyama, Coach Oriyama. And, uh, it was great. It, it was just simple. You know, it all started with the youth program. I think it was 15 bucks and they used to go around to all the elementary schools every year and give out things for, for, um, rec hockey, you know, and that's how everybody got into it. It was like an eight week program for like $15 through the township. It was great. And that's how everybody got introduced to hockey. And then the rest was history. You know, we, uh, you know, the old brick form, which is where Bridge pools is now in brick used to have a, uh, a regular surface, but it also had a little pond in the back inside. You know, like they call the pond now. It's like a half-size rink, and you used to go there all the time and skate for free. It was great. You know, you'd be out there with ten-year-olds and fourteen-year-olds and eight-year-olds just scrimmaging, playing shinny hockey. And now, when you started, and that's how you get good.
0: Yeah, um, when you started playing high school hockey here in New Jersey, um, you had an amazing career. You, you know, you you led the state in points at the end of your high school career. What was it about at high school, did it click for you to be able to just say, oh, okay, this is easy or this is something I'm doing. I'm not having a lot of difficulty and other guys can't keep up with me. Well,
1: you know, it was my freshman year and, uh, obviously I played varsity all four years. And my brother, Brendan was a senior. So I was real excited to play with my brother, you know, and it all mm-hmm. started my freshman year. We had a great year. We won the, Gordon Cup, we lost in the state championship game. And then my sophomore year, it was really the first game of the season against Seton Hall prep up in Seton Hall. I think I had like four goals and whatever, I don't know, five or six points. And then it just snowballed from there. And my sophomore year is the year that I broke all the records, you know, individual se- single season records and all that. And uh, I guess that's when it really started. You know, my name was all over the press and all that kind of stuff. And, and back then it was easy to play both travel and high school. There was no conflicts, basically. Because, you know, your high school, you practiced during the week, and your games were either Tuesday or Thursday. They were never on the weekend. And your travel practices were two times a week later at night. Our high school practices were right after school. And then our travel games were on the weekend. You know, so I was, for those four months during the high school season, I was on there seven days a week. It was great. I was loving it. You know, um, and I shouldn't even say that. You know, uh, how I really developed was in eighth grade, you know, I, I used to ride my bike down to the Ocean Ice Palace. And I'll never forget a lady who changed my life. One of the people, you know, Patty Cooper, she worked for, uh, she ran the front desk there. And the owners were never really there. And she used to let me go on the ice for free. I'd, bring oh, wow. my, I'd ride my bike down with my skates, gloves, stick, and a bucket of pucks. And I would just go on the ice sometimes right after school in September. because hockey, Remember, hockey back then didn't start till October. So I'd go on the ice 245 right after school, sometimes skate till 5, 6 o'clock. Cause nothing, and and next thing you know, then I brought my little brother down, and I just was a, a rink rat, you know. And I had no money, and it was great freshman year. Had a great year, and then it all started really to click my sophomore year when I broke all the records. So, um, and it was one of those I just loved being on the ice. Again, I just became a rink rat. That's all.
0: Now you have a great high school career in New Jersey, um, and believe it or not, you get drafted by the home team, the New Jersey Devils. Did you know that was going to happen or did you have any inkling that, Oh my God, these scouts are looking at me. I mean, when did that start to really start to sink in that? Oh my gosh, this could happen for me.
1: You know what? It was, uh, my senior year, I committed to Lake state, signed a letter of intent. What was it? November or whatever it is. I committed to them. And then you sign your letter of intent in February, whatever it is. And then, uh, I wasn't even thinking about the draft and then the draft was coming up and Frank coach, Frank Anzalone, who, uh, You know, it was like a second father to me. He called me up and said, hey, you're probably going to get drafted. I said, oh, wow, great. And I never told anybody this. Now, are you sure? I'm sure you know this story because you've known me for 40 years. But uh, I was thinking about it. I said to myself, the only team I didn't want to get drafted by was the Devils because I thought it was going to be a charity pick. And back then they have 12 rounds in the draft. So I'll never forget. It was about 545 at night. And uh, Marshall Johnson calls me. He says, hey, Jimmy, we just drafted you, you know, in the eighth round. So right away, you know, me, I'm a glass half full guy. I said uh, to myself, I'm like, oh, great. At least it wasn't a 12th friend. Right. <laughs> but it, was really, uh, it really was an amazing feeling. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, that was Max McNabb and, and Marshall Johnston. You know, Max McNabb was very integral at putting those teams together before Lou got there. He drafted very well. I mean, you look at the guys he drafted. And, uh, you know, Marshall Johnston used to come. I'll never forget my senior year of high school, coming to Montclair to watch me play. You know, so they were following me, obviously. And uh, I was just glad it wasn't the 12th round. (laughs) So then you could spin it like, hey, it's the eighth round. There's still four more rounds to go. But, yeah, that was an amazing feeling. Then I went to Lake
0: State, and, you know, the rest is history. Now, when you go to Lake State, um, everybody there is the captain of their team. Everyone was an all-star. Everyone was an MVP. What did you have to do to bring up your game to compete at that next level? I mean, because now everybody is good. I mean, nobody is, like, marginal. Everyone there can play hockey at a high level. What did you have to do personally to change your game to pick it up? Yeah, it was interesting because back then, if you weren't from, you know, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Michigan, or Chicago,
1: um, you know, you never got a sniff. No one even looked at you. They weren't coming around. I I, I tell people all the time, you only need one person to change your life forever. For me, that was Frank Anzalone. Actually, and Jeff Jackson, who was our assistant, they recruited me. And the only thing I had to adjust to, the skating was no problem, the hitting. uh, I had to learn to pass the puck harder. I had to do everything quicker and faster, you know. And these guys passed the puck so hard. That was it. But I'll never forget, I don't think I scored a goal for my first 12 games, but I had a ton of assists. I was getting chances left and right, but I was getting in too close on the goalies. And the goalies were way better back in (laughs) Jersey. I'm goalie just make a backhand geek and put it in every single time. Never fail. But I realized I was getting too close to the goalie, you know, and I had to adjust. That was the only thing I had to adjust was the goalies. Everything else was no problem. You know, I was just excited as all get up to be leaving New Jersey and, and going out to a place to play Division One hockey, you know. But that was the only thing I had to adjust for, for real was the goalies were way better.
0: Talk about your mental preparation at that time. Did uh, you have to learn a lot of things, you know, going into that, uh, that level of hockey for you?
1: No. I mean, it's one of these things. One of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody gets traded from an NHL to another, they got to learn the new systems. Like, give me a break. You know what I mean? It's hockey. It doesn't change. House league, mites, squirts, peewees, midgets, high school, same thing as the NHL. It doesn't change. You know, you don't need, you know, that, that wasn't at all. That was easy. That was simple. You know, but I guess then again, you know, you either have hockey sense or you don't. You know, but that that was, that was easy. I was just excited and fired up and, you know, all of a sudden I'm sitting there, you know, playing against guys that are supposedly going pro or guys from all the teams we played against from the year before were going pro. So I was like, wow, they can do this. I can do this.
0: Yeah. Now you go to Lake state. You have a great four year career. You win a national championship. You score 274 points in your career and the home team devils now come calling for you. Um, what was that like from that transition? You played four years in college. Very few guys now play four years in college. They all go two years or, you know, a year and they're off to the NHL. But you stayed the full four years. What was, you know, what was your take going into training camp your first time? Um, well, actually, the Devils tried to get me to sign after my junior year, you
1: know, because back then, and I still, think, I still think it's the same now. So I got drafted my senior high school, so they have your rights all through college. So they can track you and follow you. And after my junior year um, – the devil tried to get me to sign, but I, I declined it. You know, I wanted to go back. I wanted to graduate. I wanted to try to win another national championship. I knew we were going to have a great team and uh, ended up going back. We had an amazing year. We had 28 straight games without a loss. We got upset in the playoffs, but had an amazing year. And ended up signing for more money. Plus got my degree, you know, so, uh, but going into that first training camp, I was excited, fired up. And uh, that's when you realize, you know, it's, it's a whole different ball game and got sent down. Okay. No big deal. Herb Brooks was our first, my first pro coach. So I was like, all right, Hey, I'm going down to play for her Brooks, you know? So, uh, but again, I just went down there and same thing. I've always just wanted to be on a team and help the team win and do the best I can. Went down there was a leading scorer, you know, had a great year, got one game up that year then got sent down the next year. Herb Brooks went up as head coach and Robbie Fitora came in. I got sent down again only got one game up my second year, but was leading scorer again in Utica my second year. I just kept plugging away. I just I, I try to tell people all the time, even my two boys that are 17 and 20, the only reason why you should play hockey is because you love it. No other reason. Just get on a team, whatever it is, and play it because you love it, and good things will happen.
0: Now, you get one game up, and that game you get called up for up it, is, it, it, it is 1992. It's actually Marty Brodeur's first yep. game in he the NHL. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, I mean, did you know – Going into that game, that he was going to be that good. Did you no, know? Nobody, like-
1: obviously, nobody did.
0: You know, he was a he was nineteen year old kid. You know, right
1: out of juniors. You know, I never forget it was against the Boston Bruins too. Nobody thought he was going to be that good. You know, and uh, it's a perfect example of a guy just playing hockey because he loves it. I mean, they actually traded down to get Marty in the, in his draft year. People don't know that the Calgary Flames took Trevor Kidd. Yeah, you know, the Devils traded that traded down. And then they pick Marty after, you know, so you, you never know. That's, you know, but he was just a guy, loved playing hockey, showed up all the time. And perfect example of why, reason why you should play hockey is just because you love it. No other reason.
0: Now you had a, a very up and down career, you know, things happen, and, you know, how do you react and how do you handle the adversity and how do you, you know, tell kids that like, Hey, look, these things are going to happen. It's life how do you get through it mentally? I mean, how do you say to yourself, well, I'm, I'm up here and, I, and I'm doing great, but then, you know, you get traded or something happens and you know, how do you handle the adversity of being a professional athlete?
1: Well, you know, what, professional sports is a whole different beast from high school and college. You can't even compare it. And it's one of those things that all goes back to, you just have to refocus and reset. And what do you really want? Like I try to tell people the easy part for me was getting to the NHL. People are like, what are you talking about? No. Really, the easy part was getting there. The hard part was staying there. You know, I was the best in New Jersey as a kid growing up, best in high school hockey, broke all the records, best in college hockey in the country. I signed pro, I was best in the minors for two years in a row, still not getting up to the NHL. Then I got my chance, had some success. And then after a while, <clears throat> I mean, there's only so many Joe Sakic, Steve Eisenman, Messier. I mean, People don't realize how good those people are. That's a whole nother level. Those guys are the guys that, when you talk about the Hall of Fame, my personal opinion on the Hall of Fame, if you have to think about somebody being in it, they shouldn't be in it. Those guys are up here. And then you have the guys, the second tier players that are all stars still and all that, but they're not Hall of Famers. And then there's, you know, everybody else. And when you're not that top guy anymore, you just have to figure out how to fit in. You know, when I came into an organization when I finally got up with Jacques Lemaire and the Devils, which was very structured and all that. And, you know, Jacques was the one that basically got me to the NHL full time. But uh, when you talk about all that, you just have to stay focused, reboot, because I've seen guys that were 26, 27 years old, unbelievable hockey players, but if they weren't you know, the, the top six forwards anymore, they just had a bad attitude. They went over to Europe. They were done. You know, I didn't care whether I was on the first line, fourth line. Obviously, you want to be on the first line, but yeah. it gets to a point, and that's why I, I, I firmly believe I lasted so long, was on a part of those great Devils teams early on, we Losing the conference final my first year, we win the Stanley cup. Everybody wants a winner. And, and they knew later on in my career, I could play third, fourth line, but fill in on the first and second. No problem. If someone got hurt, you know, and it's just the, the bottom line is, is if all you care about is your team winning and doing the right things, good things will happen, you know, and I luckily lasted till I was 40 years old, you know, and it was now, great. I just wanted to keep playing. I mean, there's nothing like playing in the NHL. It's incredible. It's, yeah. it's only it's, 750 you know, guys a year. Beat it's unbelievable pro the, the highest level of pro sports. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. So there's only 750 guys every year who play. Yeah. Now you had a great 17 year career. You retire back to New Jersey and let's transition now to youth hockey. Yep. Your boys. How was that for you? Um, and what did you take out of your time in the NHL to start working with your boys and teaching them uh, you know, the different things that you had learned? What were some of the, the key components that you taught? Well,
1: it's pretty funny how I got to youth hockey. So I, I, I played with the Flyers when I was 40, and then I went back to training camp to try to squeak out another year at 41. And I look back on it, I didn't really train that hard that summer and didn't make it, and I went, I'll never forget, talking to Paul Holmgren right when they released me at 41 years.
0: We'll have more with Jim Dowd here on Inside the Game, brought to you by FlexCoach. Inside the Game, brought to you by FlexCoach and FlexCoach VR.